Good morning. I'm going to stand for a second. How's everybody doing? Good? Awesome. Well, just want to say welcome to church. This morning's going to be real, uh, real rich. If you don't know me, my name is Donnie Tapey. I'm the family pastor here. Uh, and you probably don't know some of these people, but some of you know them. Uh, and so we're, I'm going to introduce them in just a moment. But first up, just want to say, like Joe said, we're doing a parenting panel today because we're in the book of Ephesians. So I just want to read the scripture that we've come to in Ephesians that kind of opens our time today. So it says this in Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. This is the word of God. Amen? Amen. Um, so yeah, so we're going to talk about parenting this morning. And what I love about this moment right now is that I have with me some of my favorite people on the planet. Uh, so yeah, first up, we got Marty and Angela West. Y'all know that? So uh, uh, Marty and Angela are, uh, if you know Jeremy West, the, uh, one of our pastors who went out and planted Antioch Lake Cities, these are his parents faithful stewards of the word of God and of parenting. Actually, Marty, I don't know if you remember this. When I was dating Meredith, I called you to ask your advice on like, hey, I just want to say you were like a spiritual father to her in her life as well as this is, this is Meredith's father on the other end. Uh, and I remember I called him as well just to say, hey, submit myself to him. And I, I don't remember a whole lot of what you said. That's not an insult. I do remember walking away though having the fear of God in me in a really good way, in a really healthy and good way. Uh, so I thank you for that. Uh, and then uh, Frank and Linda fight. Yeah. So Frank and Linda are Amy Polina's parents, if you don't know that. Uh, again, seasoned saints, faithful. Um, if you don't know Frank and Linda, they will cry with you as quickly as I will cry with you. Uh, so they're, they're ready and tenderhearted before the Lord. Uh, and just so they, I, could, I could say so much about them. These are like quick snippets. I feel like this isn't even doing y'all justice, but we want to get to the gold of the morning. And then David and Nancy Eisenberg. So these are my, these are my in-laws, and they've not paid me to say this, but they are the best in-laws on the planet. Uh, they've actually written a book, 10 Steps to Being the Best In-Laws on the Planet. I'm just kidding. They haven't done that. But truly, like, they could. They're such a blessing in our life, um, and I get to enjoy the fruit of their life in Meredith and how they raised her. And so just so much, what, they, what I said to them earlier before this is we were talking about how the service was going to run. I said, um, you know, I, I feel like in the fruit of Meredith and I's life, we have, like, maybe a little card table worth of fruit to, like, present to other people. Be like, here's the fruit of our life. But we're not that far down the path yet. And for them, I feel like they've just got like a banquet table of fruit from their life that they can submit and share with us. And I just feel so blessed that they'd even be here today to share with us. So yeah, one more hand for them. Just say thank you. Awesome. So uh, there's a few things I could say about this, uh, but I'm honestly, I think I just checked my heart and the spirit that uh, I feel like this, the Lord just wants me to dive right in with them. Um, because there's so many things that the issue, the topic of parenting brings up. Uh, and one of the things I wanted to, one of the reasons we wanted to do it like this, uh, and have them from their experience speak into parenting is because parenting can often feel a little bit like a landmine topic. 
where it's like, man, if you go there, this is really kind of scary for me because it involves our whole person, right? It involves how you were parented. It involves if you have kids. It involves your experience with them. No parent wants to do the job of parenting badly or to mess up their kids. <laughs> I feel that all the time. I'm like, am I messing? Am I screwing my, my kids? I always have that feeling. But then to realize, like, so, so to, to admit in parenting to go, mm, maybe I need to change this or that. I've been on the end of that so many times, and it's humbling. So I just want to acknowledge that, that like, not just that is that the case, but we're all a family here. And the whole point of the church is to be the family of God and to walk in unity, even in the place of parenting. doesn't mean we all have to do the same thing, but it does mean that we all want to be submitted to Jesus first and foremost in everything in our lives. Amen? Okay, we're going to jump right in. All right, so y'all, I'm going to lob this one up. Whoever wants to take a bat at it, go for it. But... Um, there's so many parenting books and resources out there in the world, and so many of them conflict in their approach and philosophy. So where did you start your journey of learning about how to be a godly parent? And maybe what were some of the biggest influences or resources which were most helpful to you? Go for I'll it, go. Angela. Go for it. I'll go. Okay. There you go. Well, we... When I became a parent, we were living in Brazil 40 years ago. Mm. And so um, there weren't, they, we didn't have internet. We didn't have a lot of books available. Um, so I just really went to God and his word and said, God, show me. Show mm. me how to be a mom. Show me what's important to you. Mm. Um, so the Bible was my biggest resource in prayer. And I don't say that. I know that can sound like super spiritual, and, <laughs> and it's not. It's just what I had. And I had my parents' example as well. Um, I had community uh, that spoke into my life and gave me godly wisdom. And, um, and God helped me to develop a vision and a dream for what I wanted my parent, my children to be like, for what I wanted my parenting to look like. Um, and I wasn't perfect. I was constantly going back to God and saying, okay, help me, give me wisdom mm -hmm. here in this situation. Um, but seeking advice from my community and then going to God in prayer with um, uh, just seeking his wisdom in everything was my resources. Mm. So good, Angela. Good. I want to recommend five books. Okay. Deuteronomy, Proverbs, <laughs> Ephesians, <laughs> Second Timothy, and Hebrews. Uh, that's all you need. Uh, my biggest influence <laughs> was my dad, and that would be the case probably with a lot of people. But mm. um, my dad loved me. He was crazy about me, and there's five of us. He loved all of us, but he was present. He was there at every football game and uh, just present in my life. He's quarterback in the street. He, my friends loved my dad, and my dad loved my friends, and our house was a buzzing place. Our living room uh, was full, and we had a lot of fun. Daddy was a lot of fun. and um, Marty, you're, you're, what you're saying is gold. Bring it just yeah, there you go perfect just a hair closer rest it on your chin there i want everyone to hear what you're saying so all right thank you hey yeah i can hear myself better then. That's good. 
Yeah. Well, I'm going to just throw this in right at the front here. Um, we wish that our kids would do what we want them to do, uh, not what we do. It just doesn't work that way. You are the most powerful influence in your son and daughter's life. And you have to lead the way. They're going to do what you do mostly. And we'll hear a lot of other uh, advice, but I'll just, uh, going on this question, uh, remember those five books. I'll repeat them in case you've heard of them before. <laughs> Deuteronomy, Proverbs, Ephesians, Second Timothy, and Hebrews. Hmm. Marty, I'm proud of you. <laughs> I know you're restraining going yeah. on. So. Hey, I got to say this. Yeah. I miss you guys. <laughs> we love y'all. Man, it's taking too long to get back, but it's a touch of heaven to see your faces, uh, to hear Macy preach powerfully in there. It was so good to teach us coming here with Thanksgiving and praise. Not wait till you get here. Come in with Thanksgiving and praise. So and just to see you, we are so uh, grateful chance to be with you. Amen. I, I might not have said that Marty and Angela are over at Lake Cities with Jeremy West, as well as David and Nancy. They're over there at Lake Cities with them serving on Sundays. So. Well, uh, Linda and I would only echo what Marty just now said about the scriptures. And I think those five books are terrific. And special emphasis on Proverbs. There's so much in Proverbs that can instruct you in wisdom and guidance. Speaking of Proverbs, one of the verses in Proverbs says, Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all you're getting, get understanding. And so if just besides the scriptures themselves, I really want to encourage all of you that, that you have the Lord himself, and you have his wisdom, and he will speak to you. And in James it says, if you lack wisdom, that you can ask of God, and he will give it to you. And so... Uh, you know, the devil's always there to say he's not listening or he's in a far country, but seek the Lord for wisdom and he will give it to you. It's not that other books are wrong or other books and resources aren't helpful, but when we were parenting, there weren't near as many. And honestly, I think we were better off because we pursued God's word. We dug deep in it. We wanted to know first and foremost, what's the primary resource? It's himself. He's the giver of all wisdom. And if believers have written books, they're writing it. Hopefully, they went to the word of God. But the reason there's so much conflict in the books and resources you access is because people aren't first and foremost in love with him and his word as their, as their precious, as gold kind of resource. And so... Just want to encourage you, if you haven't spent lots and lots of deep time searching what he has to say about parenting, I wouldn't advise looking at other resources yet. It's not time for that. First, find out what does the father say? He made you. He made your kids. He knows best. Amen. That's really good. I feel convicted by that. I think when I started looking into parenting for myself, I remember the first thing I was like looking for, like, hey, what's asking people, what's a good resource or book? And yeah, in Jesus' name, I repent. That's good. Let's yeah, keep go on for this. It. Okay. Any, yeah. I'm gonna, I'll try to be fast. Um, 
Um, I agree with absolutely everything that they said. And, you know, we weren't in Brazil, but we didn't have internet, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> that was the way it was. You didn't have near as many resources. And I agree. I think that was a good thing. That said, truly, I mean, I kind of smiled when I read this question first when Donnie sent it to us. I thought, oh, he's teeing that up, you know? That, you know, he, we're going to all say the Bible, <laughs> you know? And that being said, and I believe that wholeheartedly, there are a few good resources out there. And there was one that as a community, many of us did where we were uh, at a church before we came here. And there was really good stuff in it. And there was, it increased my confidence. It was so Bible-based in a lot of areas and gave us the why W-H-Y, of why we were doing the things we were doing to bring glory to God. And um, there was some things in it that we didn't do, you know, and that actually ended up being controversial probably in some areas. It's later, Matt Bono, who some of y'all know at the Antioch Church in Waco, he used to be the family pastor there, but he kind of took that material and condensed it down and took the parts that he felt like well, this is what he said. We're going to eat the chicken and throw away the bones. You know, so we condensed it down. And I'm just telling you, it was helpful. It was totally Bible-based, 100%. And um, it, it really did help us. <laughs> it really did. So it gave us a lot of confidence. There's confidence in knowing what the Word of God says about parenting. There is confidence there that is better than getting it anywhere else. Good? Yeah. 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 Hey, let me just say, firstly, to go back to what he said about Marty, I increased the fear of God in Donnie when he came to me after he talked to Marty. <laughs> yes, that much more so. Let's just be clear about that. So. Yes. I think we were at a Rangers game when I told, first told you I, I wanted to date her. So, yeah. Yeah. Not, I don't know why I said that, other than the fact that the Rangers just won the I don't know. Series, that so. might have been by design. I was distracted by the game. I wasn't listening to what he was saying. No. Continue, David. No. Anyway. Um, there's, there's a lot more I could say about this, but, but, but um, these dear people um, were on target, on point. What I thought about was, um, do you remember when Jesus, uh, the the teachers of the law came to him, and they were trying to test him. But what they said is, so what's the greatest commandment? Jesus did not hesitate. I mean, think about that. All the commandments in the Bible, what Jesus could say, this is what he said. Marty's already talked about it, or mentioned it, in Deuteronomy, and I'm going I'm to read it. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Now, firstly, it starts with the parents. That starts with the parents. Starts with us as adults. And then he says, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. 
Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And I mention this because, one, how pertinent it is. But parents, there's your target. There's the target for your children to, to, to teach and draw them with Scripture and loving the Lord, the God, with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength. That's first and foremost. And of course, he follows it up by saying, Jesus says, and love your neighbor as yourself. And that, we can unpack that too, I mean, but and we'll talk more about obedience. But, but it's, that, is the, that is the center and the motivation that you, we want to see planted in our children. Mm. And I'd love to say something else too, real quickly, that um, I know we want to move on. So, but but uh, thinking about Jesus and thinking about the time when he was young, we have very little scripture that tells us how he was raised. I mean, we have the blessed scriptures of him in his birth and, and, and when he was brought to the temple and, and met Simeon and Anna the prophet, and these were all really wonderful. But it doesn't say much until he was 12 years old. I mean, that's baby to 12. I wish... As often I wish there was a lot more detail there, <laughs> you know, about how Jesus himself, the perfect human, was raised up. And we can get insight, but one of the insights that we can give is at the, at the end there, and this is an encouragement to you parents, is right before it talks about going in, in Luke 2, it talks about going into um, um, Jesus at, at 12 years old. It says that he, we all know this, he grew in wisdom stature and um um in, in favor yes and and there's a good prayer right there for your children mm-hmm. i think another version says and the grace was upon him to pay to pray for wisdom for our children and for grace to be upon them yeah so good david mm. so much so much we could talk about and share there it's so good um so we'll, how about let's do this. Maybe we'll stay down there with you and uh, with uh, David and Nancy, you guys, and we'll maybe come this way. What was your greatest challenges in parenting, either for yourself or for your kids? And how did, how did or how would you respond knowing what you know today? So what was the greatest challenge? And looking back on that, how would you have coached yourself? How much time do we have? Three days. I'm you know, just I, 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 I'll, I'll just say one. You know, there's a lot of yeah. challenges. You know, I think I would agree with a lot of challenges. But I'll, I'll be brief and say, um, I think the challenge for me was consistency. Consistency mm. in teaching and in discipline. And, and I would say in addition to that, just following through with what I say. <laughs> mm. that, that, that was a challenge for me. And how would you coach or encourage yourself? You're looking back on that. Just do that more. Frankly, through uh, modeling from other parents and watching them Mm. and seeing them. And that's a big thing. And I think we can repeat over and over again. But modeling is going to be, I think, a big part of, um, I think Angela maybe have already alluded to it, but, uh, you know, by seeing it in her parents. But uh, uh, that was an encouragement to be more consistent. Mm. That's good. Okay. I'm going to just, I'm going to, address this. <laughs> uh, you know, we have four children and, um, you know, they're all different. 
and some, you know, um, our children are described as arrows in Psalm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I heard a teaching recently that was talking about, you know, if you go to Bass Pro Shop and you say, I want an arrow, they'll, they have like over a hundred types of arrows. But if you really find out what they're all for is to hit a target, but the arrows are different. And mm-hmm. so I just say that, that the arrows are different, but the target is the same. And if you have an arrow in your quiver that is uh, a little bit more challenging than your other arrows, <laughs> not naming any names at all. But if you have one that's a little more challenging and uh, what I would say to my 30-year-old self is to remember that those traits can be harnessed into positive, just really positive, and uh, to be used for what that arrow's purpose is later in life. And so stay consistent in the little things. You know, just keep on loving and keep on seeking wisdom, and learn to ask for forgiveness. It's, I think it's easier when you have an arrow like that to maybe uh, get angry quicker. And uh, I'll just say, I think that it was that way with myself. I would say one, this is an odd thing to be good at, but we were good at asking for forgiveness, <laughs> you know, because we, we did it. Good. You know, we had to ask for forgiveness when we realized we'd, I didn't handle that right and mm-hmm. go back and ask for forgiveness. But you know what? That's a win-win because not only yeah. are you asking forgiveness and modeling that, but you're also teaching your child that to ask for forgiveness and to repent is safe. I saw mom and dad do that, you know, so that's a safe thing for me to do too, to ask for forgiveness. So good. I love that, Nancy, because what that also models, it's also modeling submission to God. And so they see that you as a parent aren't just the only one giving out direction or, or or here, I want you to do this or do that or don't do this. You're not just creating rules, but you're also in submission to authority as well. And that allows kids to go, man, mom and dad modeled that. Here's how to do this humbly. So it's just so many good things about forgiveness. I love that. So yeah. It would be ideal if we each started out parenting with just a clean slate and at the same starting point as everyone else, but I was not one of those people. I came from an abusive alcoholic uh, background, and so my biggest challenge was I was trying to grow, get healed, get set free, uh, and drop my baggage off as fast as possible while starting to parent i was still Mm. dealing with my dad's abusive ways on into my 30s and 40s and getting counseling trying to get healed trying to trying to do the right thing by my kids but frankly i was coming from a place of brokenness too and so i guess i would say if you have that kind of a situation or you just feel inadequate because of damage inside yourself don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. still stick with what god's word says to do but for example disciplining in love is different than the way i was disciplined so learn what the father says about how to do that 
in love, represent him well, even if you came from something bad, don't say, well, I'm going to erase all those scriptures that have to do with being faithful to discipline my child. Just because my dad did it all wrong doesn't mean that I get to tell God, I don't like this part of your word, so I'm going to erase it. And you know, learn, learn how he wants to heal you and set you free. And then you'll just be growing along with your child. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's, it's awkward. But, um, and I did find that for me, it was early on, it was especially hard to say I'm sorry because I never heard it one time from my dad, mm-hmm. not once. And it stuck in my craw. And it, it just was very hard. But I hope by the time we got to, we call her the cherry on top. I hope by the time we got to Amy, I had grown in that a bit. It's still hard for me, though. So, so good. Um, I would, as I've thought about this question beforehand, um, the thing that I think was really challenging for me at times was the conundrum of of uh, relationships and and my role as the shepherd of my children in their relationships, and that it matters. It matters deeply who our children spend time with. Uh, Paul said it this way. He said, make no mistake about it, bad company corrupts good morals. It just is. And in Proverbs it says, he who walks with wise men will be wise. So we want, we want our children as much as possible, as much as is reasonable, to spend time with kids that will be, will encourage the values that we're trying to instill in them. And that can be in this day and age, in this world in which we live, in the school systems and so forth, that can be so challenging. But it doesn't mean that we don't just you know, relinquish the responsibility. Rather, we press in all the more with the Lord through prayer and seeking his wisdom to uh, try to get that right. So I just want to encourage you, um, our kids, are, especially when they're little, um, Linda and I just don't believe that they're meant to be little missionaries. They're meant to be protected um, and kept because they're vulnerable. And so take that responsibility seriously. Amen. I wrote uh, consistency as well. Uh, unfortunately, we get tired in the evenings, <laughs> and things happen, and we'd rather go to bed than deal with something. And so that messes with your consistency. But um, I've read, in, what is it, children, friends, or frenzy, whatever, way back, that when you fail to discipline one time when they know they need it and you know they need it but you're too tired or distracted it takes 13 times of obedience to get back where you should be because they're always thinking maybe they won't uh, discipline me this time the Mm -hmm. inconsistency will take away a lot of your authority and power and and growth in the kids so i'd say consistency and discipline i know uh we've stopped the car on the highway and walked behind a gas station to deal with things uh through our 
lives. There have been times that was not easy, or we had company in the house, and we said, oh, we don't want them to, well, we're going to do this right now. Uh, we'll talk to you later, you know, that kind of thing. And then later, you don't. Uh, so consistency, I would say just when you have an issue that you need to deal with, just say, excuse me, I need to deal with this. And uh, you also be a good example for whoever your company is. Uh, mm. That say, I love my kids enough that I will correct them now. And those years are a boot camp. If you are consistent with your discipline in the zero to six years, it will be a delight seven to 20 years. You won't be, you know, having to spank them later and correct them so much if you start early on and you're consistent. Uh, I'm a school teacher in the daytime. I love kids. Uh, I don't have to be teaching now. I taught 40 years, third, fourth, fifth grade, and I'm still subbing. I love kids, but I will do the discipline that I need to do uh, at home or even at school. And one example, I was in a, one of the elementaries here in Richardson, and I had one of the kids uh, that had really been disruptive and talking when he shouldn't and, you know, even pushing some people. And so I had to get on to him pretty strong. At the end of the day, he said, Mr. West, you know something? I thought you were going to say, I hate you or something like that. I mean, I've had a kid say that before one time. But he said, Mr. West, you know what? I said, what? He said, I wish you were my daddy. I wasn't expecting that at all. I thought he was mad at me for correcting him. But uh, I was just kind of stunned. I think a tear came in my eye. I just answered him. I said, you know, I do too said i'd love to have more time with you but i was surprised at what he said anyway uh consistency and i'll throw in their first time obedience depends a lot what your expectations for your children are a lot of parents really lack vision or they have a low vision for their kids they think well i want them to make good grades that's good enough for me if they won't get in trouble at school uh, that's good enough for me that's a low vision Wow. I really think that all of our vision should be that our kids should be on fire for Jesus, in love with Jesus at an early age, and excited about Jesus, and sharing Christ with their friends, and wanting to win their school to Christ, elementary, middle, high school, college, all the way, on a mission for God, and the goal to become like Jesus. Uh, Romans eight twenty nine. We love twenty eight. That says, "In all things, God works for good." Da, da. <laughs> Verse twenty nine says that we are called to Christ likeness to be mm. conformed to His image. And so, if kids, I think it helps with all these things if they know where they're going, they know their purpose. Teach the purpose of their life early. And that is to become like Christ mm. in character, in the way you treat your teacher oh. and the students, and you teach respect and all these other things. But it just 
more helpful if they know that that's what I'm born for, to become like Christ. And that's Romans 8, uh, 29. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm going to just throw in on this point because I don't know where to put it. But foundational to all of this, the first thing that you need to teach your children is that God loves you just like you are. You don't have to change anything or be anything different. He loves you a bunch, and he loves for you to talk to him, and he's with you everywhere you go. And that story about him knowing how many hairs on our head, that's kind of funny, you know. But uh, it teaches that God knows everything about you and loves you deeply. And I like to say this. I've said this to many students in the last 40 years. No one can take your place in God's heart. You are special. Mm -hmm. Even if someone else got your same name or even if you have a twin, God never gets confused because he loves you and you're special. And that's the first thing, you know, I think it's, a, mm -hmm. it's just foundational to the rest of the stuff we're saying. Amen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got your own. Well, I'll just add one thing. I think all of this has been so awesome, uh, such great wisdom. But uh, for me, the challenge was believing God, believing that his word and his promises were true when I didn't necessarily see it happening immediately mm. in, uh, in my children, in my uh, home, but just keeping <laughs> faithful to what God says, even when um, the doubts came up. Mm. And the, the main uh, desire of my heart was to be obedient to God, not necessarily to have well-behaved children, <laughs> although mm. that was a desire, but I think Speaking to my 30-year-old self is that you're being faithful and obedient to God and not just uh, wow. wanting this result uh, in wow. your life and in your children's lives. So just being faithful to God mm. and believing and trusting His ways, even though I don't necessarily see Him at that moment. Wow. Yeah, especially keeping that priority and of being obedient to God versus what you're seeing happen. Wow, that's powerful, Angela really good um since we're i feel like we're already on the topic a little bit as far as young kids heard you marty say one of the first things you teach your kids and so thinking about that what are some majority of people here have young kids uh we don't have a youth group right now or middle school or, or very small just a few kids in that age range the majority of kids are in elementary uh and younger and so for young kids, years zero to six, or even uh, zero to 10, 12, uh, what are some lessons you've learned on how to raise your child in their, in their younger years, how to really bless them uh, and do that well? Now, that's a big question. You can probably talk for hours on it. But um, how about Frank? You want to kick us off with that? Sure. Um, yes. So... It's it's so important in as we raise our kids to strike a balance between uh, 
between loving them with encouragement, loving them with affirmation, loving them with affection, and then loving them with discipline. And I say that discipline because a lot of people, I think, have a wrong conception about discipline that, oh, well, that part is not really love. But I want to underscore that perhaps that's actually the most loving part. And uh, in Hebrews it says that, that God, that whom the Lord loves, he chastens and he scourges every son whom he receives. So that is love to do that if it's done in the right spirit and the right way. And so mm. my answer to you, Donnie, is that um, uh, I, I so just, oh, I wish that, that we could all pour, just open your heads up and pour into you. Um, the importance of these things that in the world you're going to hear a conflicting message about discipline. And I mean, it's just all over the internet. If you, if you want to look it up, you're going to hear things that contradict the scriptures or they, they try to rewrite the scriptures. And what I, what Linda and I would want to say to you is that, uh, it is such an important component, such an important component to win your hearts, uh, the hearts of your children, is to discipline them and to do it, to do it diligently. Just because foundationally, before the lordship of Jesus can happen, first their will needs to learn to trust and submit and obey those in authority. And even non-Christian parents, when we were growing up, taught their kids how to obey and respect authority. I came across my old fifth or sixth grade photograph the other day, the classroom one, and we're all sitting with our hands folded on the desk in our neat little outfits and, you know, girls with petticoats and whatnot. Y'all would die laughing over how dated it looks. But you know what came <laughs> to my mind was just the peace and the learning that took place. Nobody talked back to the teacher. Nobody in those days and learning just happened there was no need for classroom management every child there was taught by their parents to respect the teacher and treat her with honor we were taught in my family yes sir yes ma'am i don't know what you think about that nowadays but um <laughs> I, all i can say is people like us really love it when we hear a child say that it brings back great days of andy of mayberry <laughs> and, you know, Andy, Andy would say to Opie, if you've ever even seen that show, it's a favorite in, with Frank and me. But, I mean, he goes, son, you disobey, you're going to get a whipping, you know, from me at school. I mean, you're going to get a whipping for what you did at school, and then you're going to get another whipping. And, and so, but that can be done abusively or in love. And so, think about the fact that you're leading your child to the throne of God and he himself disciplines those whom he loves. So don't think of it as, well, that's, that's the part I don't care for. All I can say is there's been a huge breakdown in understanding about the importance of authority, and look at the mess we're in. Mm. Uh, Linda, if I could pause you. Something that affected me <laughs> as you were sharing was just talking, you, when you talked about your history and coming from that, like, Maybe help us understand how you were able to reconcile that. Yeah. So 
because there are situations for some parents where they're fostering and that's they illegal. They can't do it. I know. Yeah. You know, to, to, yes. to spank in any way or to have any physical mm-hmm. discipline or if yeah. you're, you're adopted and you're in a certain time period. Mm-hmm. So what for yeah. you, and maybe help us understand yeah. maybe more of the heart there. Two things. We had a wise old lady named Mrs. Gates who'd been fostered dozens and dozens of kids and then she had some of her own. She just was an amazing woman <clears throat> and she taught us many things but one of them was that this principle of love through discipline. And back then, I think you could spank. I don't think you can now. But what she, I remember her talking about this one child she used to babysit for. She was an older woman when she was fostering, way older. And she'd get to babysitting this one little boy, and it would just be out of control every time. Four years old, yeah, out of control. She couldn't spank him because she's babysitting. But... You know, she asked the Lord for wisdom. Y'all might creep out over this, but anyway, she <laughs> she felt like what she needed to do because she was almost like a nanny. She had to go all the time. He would just go berserk, and he treated his parents this way too. She got him in a rocking chair, and she just said, we're going to rock. We're going to sit here, and he began to throw a fit, and he began to squirm. He began to scream. He tried to get up. She just held him and held him tight, and we and they rocked. And they rocked, and they, and he got more and more, you know, trying to pull out of the thing and all this, and she just sing and rock and sing and rock, and she sat there, and they got sweaty, and they it, he struggled, and then he laid his head on her shoulder, and eventually she became like his grandma, and he obeyed for her every time, but as soon as the parents walked in the door, he started to go just ballistic batty with his mom disobeying her when mrs gates came it was peace and what i'm saying about that is there's a way if you're fostering or you're parenting and you can't you have a special needs child or whatever ask the holy spirit for wisdom about how can i teach this child to calm down respect authority and just let's just sit and that's that's a great thing to do and i don't i don't consider it abusive just being firm creating a safe place because truth is, kids need that kind of restraint and structure if their will is out of control. It speaks security to them. And they'll eventually yield. And we taught our girls from tiny, when it was time to put your head down, you know, they would just lay their head on Frank's shoulder and they knew, this is time for me to be still. You actually can teach your kids to do that. Hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah, so what are some lessons you've learned on how to raise your child in their younger years still on that same topic? Anyone else? They're never too young to start teaching the why of why you're asking them to behave in certain ways. Mm -hmm. It's just important for them to know that you're not arbitrarily coming up with these things that you want them to obey, but that Mm. you value God's word. And that's Ah, not just I told you so. Right, right. And so, um, yeah, I just think it's so great to use uh, verbiage from the Bible, verses from the Bible when you say, well, and like like Deuteronomy taught, you know, it's as you go, even the zero to six-year-olds, you know, as you go. And, you know, those of you, uh, I know what your curriculum is here, (laughs) the orange (laughs) curriculum, and they have an app called the Q's, C-U-E-S, and it's it's very much based on that, that, you know, when you're riding in the car, talk about this 
truth of God's. When you're taking a bath, here's a suggestion for a truth about God to talk about, a verse from straight from the Bible. It gives lots of examples like that. You know, write them down. Well, that's what we did. You know, this was pre-Pinterest days, and we just had a big old <laughs> red construction paper heart on our refrigerator. And some of the, the verses written on that were done just as we were going along. But some of them we wrote on there because of whatever the altercation was at the time. You know, and it's like, okay, well, you know, what does the Bible say about this? And we'd write it on there. And a lot of times the verse would have a why to mm. it. Why am I going to, why am I going to behave this way? You know, don't be angry. Do not respond in an angry way because it does not allow you to have the good life that God wants you to have. There's a verse that says that, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. the different verses, but just start from the beginning, letting your children know mm. that we're doing what we're doing because that's God's instruction and we value his ways. Mm. So good. So good. Yeah, and, David? and Frank already talked about the Proverbs. I mean, they're, they're full of wise, uh, you know, when they uh, give an instruction. So, um, gosh, I, I would say to it, especially the young age, um, and you, you, you may be doing this, but this is a message for the dads. Get on the floor and wrestle with your kids. Yeah. <laughs> Have fun with them. And I say that to say that mm. you're getting down on their level physically, but I mean, it's, it's, it's just uh, it's part of creating the bond as you're being the father of the home, of, of creating that, of being ready to... To receive even instruction and discipline, and I know that's a simple thing, but 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 it's but it's but it's really really important. Uh, so, um, but mm. uh, I, I would to add say what Nancy said was scripture. This man down on by the way down at the end, uh, and 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 dear friends and Angela, go to their house. There's scripture plastered everywhere. I go to their house. I look forward to going to the restroom because I <laughs> because I'm going to get a chock full of God's word in my heart <laughs> while I'm there. So, great. but I, I just say it's just awesome. It's just yeah. awesome because yeah. it's all about having scriptures everywhere and going down the, through the car and uh, while you're in the car and, and 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 music was a big thing in our house. We're constantly playing praise music and music to the Lord and opportunity to talk about hey what what are they singing there. Let's talk about that. And so, I mean, there's just all these simple things to do, even as in the young, young, young age of, 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 of the younger to six, um, mm -hmm. but even past that. So. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. Um, go ahead, Can Angela. I, can I just burning. say one thing yeah. about, because I think obedience has a bad rap in our culture today, mm -hmm. more as like a, you're trying to control your child or you're trying to determine the way they're going to act. And um, obedience is so important to God. Um, I've just done a chronological uh, reading through the Old Testament, and I wish I had started out when I started reading, underlining every time God says, listen to my voice and obey my commands. It is a lot, a lot and God does this. He, he provides boundaries because he loves us. He lovingly establishes mm. boundaries for our good and for our joy. And that's why he wants our children to obey us. Mm -hmm. It's for their good and for their joy. And um, 
it's not, we're not trying to control behavior. We're trying to cultivate an obedient heart in them mm. that then will later be um, obedient to God. Quick to obey. Uh, and will, that will transfer. But God has put us, he has given us the authority in our children's lives because he loves them and he wants things to go well for them. That's what Ephesians says. So that mm. it may go well with you. That's what he says, why you obey your, your parents. And so, mm. uh, and that puts a lot of responsibility on us as parents to be yes. sure that we're <laughs> leading and guiding our children in the Lord. Um, but obedience is something um, not negative. It's good. It helps us. It gives mm. us security. Amen. Amen. I want to throw something in for the uh, zero to six we found, uh, this was in Brazil as well, but somewhat when we came to the States, uh, to use role play in teaching the children Christ-likeness. They, we've already taught, you know, they want to be like Jesus, but how about being friendly? Well, that's something you work on, and you role play being friendly and being hospitable. We mm. would go outside, knock on our own door, and let the kids answer. And uh, <laughs> if they just, you know, yeah. hid or didn't want to say anything well we'd say all right let's try that again you know and this time we'll be the ones inside the house and y'all knock on the door and we'd say hey we're glad to have you at our house thank you for coming you know a little eye contact but to role play what hospitality looks like mm -hmm. our friendliness our serving uh obedience mission uh we had a, we got a little white sheep and we hit it in the house and we're talking about why we're in brazil and we would say okay who can find it ready go and they'd all look all over the house to find that little stuffed sheep and then come running back i found it i found it I said this is why we're here to seek wow. and save the lost people are lost and they need to know jesus and at your school there will be people lost that is why we're here and so role play to teach a lot of things that age group is really, really helpful. Extremely wise. I would love to block off the next four hours with you guys and just sit and pick your brain. Um, oh, it's 1127. Um, yeah. So one more question. I think there's, um, you, you already actually began answering it. So what are the practical ways even to weave not to weave God in as if he's something to be weaved in, <laughs> but to make your children's life, your family life, something uh, that just reflects God, the heart of God. I know Deuteronomy, you mentioned Deuteronomy and, and that scripture, but and Marty, you already <laughs> answered this question maybe, but uh, Marty's redecorating services can be you know, had where scripture everywhere, you know? So for you guys, what are some of the ways that you uh, wove that into your life? You want to go first, dear? And we'll try to make oh, this one uh, I'm gonna, a briefer response because we do have time. It, it'll be brief. I'm just going to read through mine, and I think Go you'll it. get it that That's way. Great. Prayer walks. Do Thanksgiving for Jesus. Invite your neighbors. We had nightly devos. Every night we had a devotional. Share, sing songs, and pray. Uh, you teach your kids quiet times. Verses on the wall, the mirror, we've mentioned that. Halloween. I just had a blast with Halloween in Garland. Uh, we meet in the rec center over there. So uh, 
over a thousand people showed up to the haunted house and all that stuff. Well, I went and I didn't want to put on a costume or anything, but one of the brothers said, well, if you do, it might help. So I was, uh, we just got back from Thailand visiting our son. So I was the pickleball man from Thailand. And I had a Thailand hat and pickleball, but I had run off little sheets of paper that said, Jesus still says, let the children come to me. And I stood in that haunted house line, and I was able to have, you know, one-minute conversation with 70 people mm. saying, we love for you to come to church here. We love kids. And uh, I don't love Halloween. I, I, you know, I don't even care anything about Halloween. But it was an opportunity mm. to reach people and to train wow. uh, children to reach out you wow. know, to others. Uh, we still Christmas carol. People don't do that, but we take our whole family and we meet the neighbors like that. I had a frisbee golf around the block with, with my buddies, 20 of them from church, just guys. And we met all kind of neighbors because the frisbees went, you know, in somebody's backyard mm-hmm. and all that stuff. We had a lot of fun, <laughs> but have fun reaching out. Make that awesome. awesome. Fill your living room with teens. We did Jesus Rock every Saturday night for 10 years. Filled our room with high school kids. Just ideas for living out uh, Christianity. Birthdays. Brazil. All our neighbors come to one of our kids' birthday. We renew them. Not come to birthday. And they do it. And then we would share Christ at a birthday. <laughs> um, reach your school for Jesus. Jesus Rocks. Prayer to Paul. Lobo living room. You wouldn't know what that is. But I was captain of our football team out in Monahans. And I had the whole team and the coaches in my living room to have a devotional talk about Jesus. I mean, it was awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Wow. I'm going to say this just to support everything these guys are saying. Train your children. If you don't, the world will. Internet will. Mm. They are for sure. They're not going to just think about it or be in doubt about it. The world is after your kids and will train them. But if you train them early, they'll be ready. Come on. Can I just want to say one thing yeah, on it. that? I think I'm on. Um, okay. I just want to say one encouragement that reminded me of that, that we are, you all are stewards of these children that were born for such a time as this. You know, there's no surprise. I think sometimes yeah. it's easy to just be so disheartened of, oh, my word, how are we going to raise kids in this world? It's no surprise to God. He put that child in mm. your womb, or, and he knows so that good. they were born, and it's for such a time as this. Yeah. So don't, um, you, you have got to surround yourself with encouragement every day, every yeah. day. Every day. That's why that verse in Lamentations, we have it over our bed in a big frame because every day I have to remember why. I'm not consumed because of the Lord's faithfulness. It's yes. because of his faithfulness. So and, and because I wake up in the morning and I have a new batch of mercies. I don't have to live on yesterday's mercies. I've got new ones for that day. So just know that this is no surprise. It's for such a time as this that you're raising these children. The world needs your children. I agree with what Linda said. You're training them up, or maybe it was um, uh, Frank. (laughs) 
You're training them up, though, so that in the they're going to be they are going to be missionaries in their schools and wherever. But yes, you have to be diligent in teaching them and um, applying all of God's word while they're in your um, realm of influence. Because exactly, if you do not teach them, they will hear it, and those important things they will learn it on the playground or on the social mm. media or whatever. So it is, it's our responsibility, but it's your God-given responsibility. Mm. Amen. It reminds me of our verse that is over today. It says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord, that there is a element of training and repetition that you guys are talking so much about that really, that I think is it's easy to let go of and to not see that as something that's so core, but it's like the training and the repetition, the consistency you all spoken to. Anyone else? As far Can I as, just say one thing? Yeah. I think we just need to model our dependence on community mm-hmm. as well. And just being in community with other people and model that because there's going to, our kids need friends and there's going to come a day when they're going to need their community. You know, when they're teenagers, um, they're going to need people speaking into their lives. Mm-hmm. And so if we model that and plus just, I need help. <laughs> The humility to seek help from others uh, that are walking with me, that are journeying through this life with me, that see my kids at life group, that see uh, my kids at church, and uh, that they can speak into me with the word of God and and help me. Uh, I think just always having that humble attitude that I don't have it all together. I need to grow. Other people can help me. God can help me. Hopefully, there's nobody out there that's thinking, I don't need this. I know what to do. I don't need to seek advice. Hopefully, there's not anybody <laughs> like that out there. Seek advice from godly people. That's all over Proverbs. But invite input. You know, how are my kids doing? You see them. David and Nancy helped raise our kids. They corrected our kids. He probably even spanked my boys at one time. I spanked his. Didn't I, Michael? Yeah. I mean, we, we were so close. Our community was so close that we shared those kind of things with each other. And you need help. Don't say you don't. Uh, Get advice. What a great note to end it on. Spank your neighbor's kid. I'm just kidding. No. What I, what, I love, well, what, what, I, what I love about that, though, is that you just spoke to a community on a level of depth and intimacy that we are meant to walk in as the body of Christ, that we're not meant to do it to where I feel like there's things that I can't speak into or that, man, if you approach this with me, I'm, I'm going to get fiery. I'm going to get nervous. You might, I might bite you. Like There are things that I want. I, I say this as me right now. I want y'all's input in my life. I say that to my life group. And so I think for us to walk that out as the body of Christ in openness and vulnerability, inviting input. Man, if it, for how many times <laughs> you can invite input, it's so scary to be invited into input. Has, has anyone ever done that to you? Even in kids' ministry, hey, how, how was my kid doing today? How did he do? Uh, it's hard to do that. So you have to invite input over and over again to say, hey, can you speak in? Hey, how, how do they do this? How do they do this? 
like to, to really invite input into your life in that area so that there can be growth, there can be opportunity for people to share those things. So I'm not saying you have to do it over and over again, but, but as a community to be open to that and to be receiving and to inviting, I just think there's, we need to do this together because that's what we're called to be as a church. So, ah, uh, I want two hours more. Y'all are amazing. Thank you so much for the wisdom that you shared. Um, and I know this type of setting raises all sorts of questions. And you're like, man, that one thing that Marty said, I can't get out of my head. It's bothering me. I don't know. I feel, I, you know, there's all things that, there's things that come out of us sometimes that are, that are rubbed wrong in ways, in settings like this. And there's th- ways that maybe you're encouraging, but whatever it is, I just encourage you to deal with those things in community. We always joke sometimes, I don't want to get that angry email. You send them on. We'd love to, because that'll engage a conversation and more intimacy and community. Amen? Okay. Uh, yeah, thank you all so much. Can we give him a hand? Uh, we're going to go ahead and just have Frank close us in prayer uh, in this time. And we're going we're gonna to close our service with, with a worship song and just a time to respond. If you need prayer, we'll have our prayer and prophetic team up here. I do ask as we begin that worship song, uh, all these little wonderful kids, we're talking about parenting. If you can go send maybe one parent or or someone to go pick up your kids because we are over time, and then you can bring them back in here for that closing song of worship. But if we could just have Frank close us out, I think that would be really a blessing to us. So you fathers, I'm speaking to you specifically and encouraging you, encourage your children get down on their level and look into their eyes and bless them put your hands lovingly on their heads and bless them and so lord we come to you uh, at the end of this time that we've had and lord thank you for the the truths and the wisdom that have been uh, shared and spoken lord we uh, pray for all of the ones who are here that are listening, that are hearing, that are taking notes, that you would empower them by your spirit, that you would give them wisdom that would be profound, and Lord, that you would give them all of the insight that is needed for all of the thorny situations that can come up from time to time. And most of all, Lord, we pray that the children that are represented by these parents, that they would truly grow up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Because we begin and just to enter into this time of worship, I just want to even uh, just invite the Spirit of God. Uh, I know that Frank did that and invited and prayed. I just want to again just say with whatever our parenting journey is, where we find ourselves, how we feel about our parenting. Uh, the only one that can speak into you in the ways that you need it is the Spirit of God. And at the end of the day, God wants to love you. He wants to care for you in those ways. He wants to speak into your life and your heart and your mind. So we just say, Holy Spirit, come. As we worship now, as we lift up your name, as we honor you, Holy Spirit, would you speak to us, God? Would you help us to move in the direction we need to move? Would you help us to respond as we need to respond, Lord? And We just trust and love you, Jesus, because you're so kind and you're so loving and you want to direct our hearts in the way that we should go. So, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you speak as we worship? And that's in your name we pray. Amen.